Hello, and welcome to another episode of Flying High with Flutter. I'm your host, Alan Waima. Today, I'm with Mahesh Jamdade, who is the creator of Nebar Router. Welcome to the show. Why don't you give a quick intro about yourself, let people know who you are. Thanks, Alan. Thanks for having me. My name is, my name is Mahesh Jamdade. So uh, I'm an open source engineer at CodeMagic. So, uh, so recently, I created Nebar Router. So it's a package basically to handle routing on the bottom navigation bar. And it has a lot of a uh, bunch of features which will help us in advanced routing, and it also helps us with uh, most of the common scenarios that uh, to handle with us the most of the common scenarios like uh, hiding in the bottom navigation bar or uh, or or routing to the nested pages. So and bunch of features that you can check out at Navbar Router on pub down there. It also handles ha- uh, hiding of the navbar. Oh, yeah. Yes, definitely. I mean, yes, you can do that. I'd like to kind of uh, roll back a little bit to know more about kind of who you are. Like, how did you get into programming to begin with? Oh, yeah. So, uh, so uh, I, I, I undergraduated in computer science, and I've been programming for at least six to seven years now. And I started professionally uh, three years back. So I'm from India, basically. So I've been uh, working as a software engineer for two years. Uh, in a Bangalore in India, and then I uh, started working with Code Magic, the who handles the Flutter triage work uh, on the official repository. So I've been working for them for for the last one and a half year. Uh, but when you so when you graduate from school, you just really start working at Code Magic, or no? Um, so when I graduated, I've been uh, working as a software engineer for some uh, startups in India. And then recently, for the past one and a half year, I've been working with Code Magic. Well, when you started working for the startups, like what were you doing, and how long ago did you graduate? Because I'm guessing Flutter probably wasn't on your radar when you graduated, right? Oh yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it has. It was in. Uh, I guess it was in stable. So I graduated in 2019, and Flutter just came up, came into stable in that period, and I immediately started because I've been working. I've been learning Flutter uh, since it was in beta. So I, I was good with it, and then I started working, uh, work, working as a Flutter developer. And I've been building a couple of mobile apps for startups here in India. So I've been doing that for for the last two years, for the past two years, and then I joined Code Magic. You're actually working at Code Magic because I think Code Magic has quite a few like contractors doing like blogs. So are you actually working at Code Magic, or are you contracting for them? Uh, yeah. So I work as a on on a contract basis. So my work is basically on the triage team for Flutter. So I basically triage issues in the Flutter repository. Oh, so you're actually working on the Flutter repository f- from Code Magic as a contractor. Right. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that Code Magic was doing that. I just knew that they had a, a blog and and I don't actually don't exactly know what they're doing. I haven't talked a lot with them other than I had a couple at least one person I remember who does blogs only for Code Magic. Uh so how many people are actually doing triaging for Flutter? Yeah, so uh, for the triage, we have four people. Uh, we do the triage work, and we also uh, help the Flutter team with fixing the issues. So the, there's a separate team for fixing the issues, and I'm, I'm on the triage team. Now, triage team, like, are you officially part of the Flutter team, or you're just kind of triaging, or how, do, how does this work? Because you say triage yeah. team, right? So I'm still trying to understand what that means, the triage team working... In Flutter, or yeah, can you explain a little bit more? Yeah, so that's that's basically a complex part when I explain to people. So yeah, so I'm I've been hired by Neurocode, the team behind Code Magic, 
to work for the Flutter team. So basically, Flutter has uh, outsourced their triage work to Code Magic. So the triage work means uh, whatever issues people raise in the Flutter repository, I have to uh, I have to validate them, uh, label them, and also uh, produce code samples, look for regressions, and also if there are any kind of uh, breaking issues, then I need to let the team know about it. When you say the team, now is that Code Magic the team or is that Flutter the team? Yeah, I mean it's it's both. It's both. Uh, I have I have to let them know on the Discord. I mean we can uh, since Discord is public, anyone can join on that uh, uh, Discord server that that is hosted by Flutter. So we can let them know there. Okay, because you keep saying they and them, so I'm trying to understand like you know how your position actually works and yeah, it's it's a little bit fuzzy for me even you're saying it's kind of difficult to explain right how do you even get to this kind of position where you're triaging for flutter right because that's a i mean that's a it's a really big project and not that many people at google doing stuff but at the same time anybody can work on flutter this is really difficult for me to understand like maybe you can kind of talk about like what's a typical day like for you when you're triaging flutter yeah uh, so uh so it's just common thing so let's say you're using flutter uh, you have found some bug, right? So what you would do is you would go to the Flutter's open source GitHub repository and you would file an issue there. So my role is to just, when you file an issue, when somebody files an issue in that repository, I just go there and then I just look at it and then I just say that I'm, I just add some labels which uh, lets others know that I'm actually looking on that issue. So we just add a label on that. It's called in triage that lets others know that we are, uh, someone is looking at it then i just validate that issue and if it's and then i apply the labels accordingly okay i think i've had somebody who did that to a bug of mine i had a bug maybe about a year ago and somebody triaged it very quickly and i was like a little bit shocked and surprised that they were like oh this is not a real bug or something i was like what the heck <laughs> i mean cuz i mean is there like a quota or something because i feel like the triaging is like very quick and sometimes maybe not so thorough uh, at least maybe that that's just my opinion, right? Maybe I'm wrong, but I can also imagine like maybe some things that people think are bugs are not really bugs. It's just like a mistake, right? Yeah. So that's basically the opinion of that person. Yes. And we do have some uh, deadline. I mean, we our, our target is mainly to clear out the issues that uh, that are raised in within 24 hours. We mostly try to do that, but sometimes it's not possible. But we do we try to do our best. I understand you want to do your best, but do you ever think that uh, maybe I don't know? Do you ever feel like time pressure and like try to close things in a certain way? I don't know, like because I can imagine like if you have to like you said you have to do everything twenty four hours. I mean that if some of these things they need some investigation, right? Because some bugs, I mean, some things are pretty clear to see. Some things it's like it depends, and maybe you're missing something on your computer, and how do you really figure out if it's a issue or not? Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, in the initial stage, uh, anyone, anybody would do mistakes, and uh, our constant, our constant goal is to keep learning from those mistakes. And uh, it happens. I mean, uh, we do have uh, less time, but our main intention is to give the give the quality on that uh, triage because everyone's watching on that, and it's very important to to not just clear out the bug, to not just clear out the issue, but provide a clear solution and and label it accordingly. Our main goal is, I mean, let, labeling it correctly is a very important thing there because uh, because Flutter has different teams uh, in in their 
in the organization. So uh, labeling a specific, I mean, each label has a separate team. Let's say if you are adding a web label, so then the web web team gets, uh, I mean, it it helps the web team to figure out what your issue, what issues are there in in their category. So it is important that we label the issue correctly. That is the most important thing. Now, how do you actually get a hold of this position, right? I mean, were you actively working in Flutter before this? I mean, how no. do you get? No, you just kind of. <laughs> Maybe you could talk about this. This is quite interesting. Oh yeah. So uh, since I've been working with Flutter for a couple of uh, years now, then uh, I just saw that the position, open position, and also before joining uh, this triage team, I've been uh, constantly looking on the open source repository. I've been keeping eye on that. I've been raising issues. I have been also helping on the triage when I was not actually on the triage team. I've been uh, helping the the team uh, on the open source repository. Then, uh, then I just found uh, opening for that position on 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 Twitter, I guess, and I just applied uh, out of the blue, and I got uh, I got in. Okay, what was the interview process like? Oh yeah, so uh, so the interview process looks like I mean uh, you get a couple of issues to triage, so we don't actually uh, do that live on the GitHub repository, but uh, that is that happens internally at uh, Neurocode. So. Uh, and then once you triage those issues, uh, you get to, I mean, they just decide on that. And also they look at your GitHub history, how you have been contributing to Flutter, what's, what's your experience with Flutter, or uh, what kind of work have you done. So those kind of things matter as well. So what have you actually done with Flutter before you started working, triaging issues? Yeah, I mean, uh, not nothing much. I mean, I've been just building mobile apps with Flutter. Uh, and then I've also I've been open sourcing few packages, maintaining few of them, uh, and uh, yeah, that's it. Nothing much. All right. So maybe we can kind of get back to more about your your package, right? So where did you get the idea to start working on this kind of package? Oh yeah. So this uh, I got inspiration to work on this. Uh, this also came from my triage work. So somebody raised an issue saying uh, when I press the back button. Uh, with a nested navigator, the app just closes on Android. So uh, I just tried to figure out what could be going on there. And then uh, then I just realized that, I mean, uh, uh, that, that it was working as intended. But uh, when I digged deeper into that, I realized that, uh, that to achieve some features like uh, avoiding closing the, closing the app by pressing the back button, we have to write a lot of boilerplate code and also when, when it comes to nested navigation, handling routes gets pretty complex. So, so for that, I just uh, started exploring. And then I wrote a blog on that, uh, which explains all the process, uh, how you set up the navigation bar and how you can uh, do complex navigation and handle the back button uh, routing on Android. Then I realized that uh, instead of I mean writing a blog, I could also publish this as a package because these are the common features that, that are used across different applications. And you can, uh, and, and you just don't want to write same code again and again when you write a different application. So why not write this as a package? And not just as a package, this will help everyone in the community. So I just wrote this as a package. Uh, I just wrote it for myself, basically, in the initial stage. And then I realized that I can help the community as well. If, in, if anybody's interested, they would use it. So I just published it on Pub and then and then wrote it on, wrote it about, wrote about it on the Reddit. Okay. So how long how long would you actually create this package? Uh, I think not more than two days. It was just a initial wrapper around bottom navigation bar. 
So what I think is, I mean, any package, initial process doesn't take much longer. It's just we have to maintain it for a long time and keep improving on that. That's where it gets uh, uh, pretty challenging. What I mean is like, when did you publish the first version of this package? When did you actually start to work on a package? Not how long did it take you to create the package? Yeah, not more than two days. So two days ago, you created this package, you mean? No, I mean, I created it a month ago, but uh, it didn't take not more than two days to create, to write the first part line of code and publish it. Yeah, that was my question is a month ago. Okay. I didn't know how long it's been out, right? That's what I was kind of curious about. Has has there been a lot of people using your package or what's been the feedback so far? Uh, not really. Uh, I haven't heard much on that package yet, but I've also been writing some other package and it has been doing pretty good. It's called Search Field. It is basically uh, a package like Autocomplete, if you have used Autocomplete widget inserter. So uh, I've written a similar package. It's called Search Field. It has some advanced features and also solves few uh, issues that are in Autocomplete. And that package has been doing pretty well. It has around, I guess, 100 plus uh, likes on pub. So even that package, uh, when I started, uh, I mean, nobody was using it. But when I started uh, maintaining it, and maintaining and adding new features, uh, people have been starting using it a lot. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm kind of curious about this navbar router, right? Can we actually combine this with other routing packages? So it's not going to be an issue, right? Uh, other routing packages? Well, uh, I'm just... Like Beamer, Go Router, these other ones, because it does say navbar router, right? So I'm trying to understand more about how this thing works, because when I see the word router, I'm thinking about Flutter routing, right? Or like, is it just a name that's just confusing me right now? Uh, yeah, probably the name is confusing, I guess, because uh, I mean, uh, Navbar router is basically a widget. So you can integrate that in any part of your application. And I think it should work with other packages as well. I haven't tried, but I, I believe it should. Okay. Yeah, so this is pretty cool. So some of the, the features you have, right, is you can handle the back button, right? Yeah. So does, does it create a history of the different navbar actions that you've done so that you can go back? Is that what it also does too? So it's kind of like a little bit of a mini router too. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. I did add that feature a couple of days back when somebody requested that on the repository. So I found that interesting and also useful. So I just added that. How do you actually keep track of, of all that? What are you storing all the routes with? How does that work? Yeah. I mean, we can just uh, store the indexes, uh, keep the track of the indexes. So basically, there are uh, two options, I believe, on that uh, package. So one is uh, uh, you keep track of the indexes that you have visited, and also the nested uh, and the, also the indexes of the nested pages. But that is basically taken care of uh, by Flutter itself when you navigate uh, navigate within the within the pages in the nested navigation. So when you press back, you just get a callback. And then you can handle that uh, the way you want to. So this also allows you to handle the back double double press back button to close the app as well. Okay. So are you just storing it like in memory, or do you actually have like a database backing this uh, all the different things that you're tapping on? Because I can imagine that could grow quite big if people are just tapping, tapping, tapping like crazy. Ah, uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, no, no. Uh, it, it it doesn't keep track of uh, the duplicate indexes. It just keeps tracks or uh, track of. Uh, a single index, let's say uh, if you're just going back and forth, it will just store two indexes and not uh, all the duplicate indexes to avoid duplication. You can also handle nesting too. I see over here it says ability to push routes in the nested or root navigator. Yes. So is that you can push a route back to, how, do, how does that work? Yeah, let's say you have three tabs and you can just uh, just keep navigating 
uh, in a deep routes in a, in a single tab. So just, I mean, it just, uh, it's just a necessary navigator so that, I mean, you can just go as deep as you want to and yet maintain the state across the tab tabs. Yeah, this seems pretty, pretty interesting, right? Um, but you said you, you don't know of anybody really using this outside of yourself? Yeah, yeah, I haven't, I mean, I haven't heard much about it so far. But recently I've been seeing few responses because uh, there have been people raising new feature requests and bugs in the repository. So that makes me think that people are started using it. The hiding in the show is quite interesting. Like how, how does that work? Yeah, so uh, so it's just, uh, uh, I mean, we have just uh, the, the routes and the bottom navigation bar, both are in stack. So, uh, so it's just the animated animated uh, container that just keeps uh, flowing from uh, minus one to zero to show up on the screen. It's just a normal animation. So when some when somebody calls the hide bottom navigation bar API, we just I just call the animation to show up. Is there any like what is like the how do you say this? Is there any any ideas for like future things that you want to to add to this plugin? So uh, the navbar route, the navigation bar that currently the package uses is the built-in navigation bar provided, bottom navigation bar provided by Flutter. So user cannot customize it. I mean, they can just use it and have all the features that what Flutter provides. But if they wanted to customize it, let's say they wanted to uh, have some kind of fancy bottom navigation bar, so that cannot be done as of today. So my plan is to allow user to be able to provide their own bottom navigation bar and yet have all the features of this package or also to provide a set of uh, bottom navigation bars and user can choose one of them from it. How can you do the former? How can you provide them an API that they can customize? So what's gonna be like the plan to do that? How to do that? Yeah, uh, so uh, I'm thinking, I mean, uh, there are two ways. I mean, either they can, uh, either they can provide uh, their own extent from a bottom navigation bar Either they can extend from their own bottom navigation bar and provide that as a widget to my package. Or number two is uh, I could provide them with a set of bottom navigation bars that are, I mean, they, which have a custom design. Uh, somebody suggested that uh, in the repository. Like I, mean, I can have some set of bottom navigation bars and user can choose one of them. But that will be a limited option for the user. I mean, have you have you thought about trying to maybe bring some of what you worked on to the actual uh, Flutter itself to actually uh, maybe augment the existing widget? Yeah, so uh, I I recently saw somebody uh, publish a document regarding this, uh, and I think Flutter has been working on a similar thing. It's called Adaptive Scaffold. There's a document for that which is public uh, on the Flutter documentation. Uh, somebody has been working on that, so I think. I think I will have to deprecate this package once that comes in, because uh, what Flutter builds is a first is of excellent quality, and uh, so I think somebody has been working on that. So I haven't thought to bring this to Flutter yet. But we are always, I mean, uh, Flutter team is always open to to for for our suggestions, and we can uh, publish that on the on the Flutter, Flutter repository. Yeah, this is looking really interesting, uh, and also it seems like it works with the you can hide and show the bar also on the drawer. So it's pretty, is it just hooking into like opening and closing and then just programmatically closing it? Or are you actually able to somehow connect it to where the drawer comes out and hides the nav bar? 
yeah i mean so since i have an i have the api to hide and show the uh, the bottom navigation bar so we have to manually call it uh, whenever you open or close the drawer we should just call the api to hide or show the bottom navigation bar so the api has been designed um, designed so that you can call hide or show bottom navigation bar from any part of your application so that helps in to achieve such features and you said you're working on some other packages at the moment too that are like the autocomplete one Oh yeah, no. Uh, I mean, I have already published. I mean, I think that was my uh, first package when I published it. Uh, it is still on pub. Uh, it's called Search Field, and uh, it has been doing pretty well. I just maintain it constantly because people have been working on it, uh, have been using on it, have been using it. So, uh, so I just keep maintaining it to maintain the quality of the package. Actually, this is kind of interesting. I'm, I'm looking at Navbar Router, right? And I looked at Publisher. I don't see your name on here though, which is weird. Oh uh, yeah, 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 I've been uh, I've been trying to fix that. So it seems like we have to have some kind of domain to show ourselves as a publisher there. Uh, I don't have any domain right now. So, but I I have some plans to have it. Earlier in the initial stage, I believe uh, it used to show our email addresses on the pub.dev as our as a publisher. But right now they seem to have limited it to a verified domain. So, but why is that your name is missing? I couldn't quite figure that part out. Like, is it? Yeah. Because I thought I thought you have to have a name in order to publish, no? Like an account? Yeah. So uh, initially, I mean, uh, in the initial stage, uh, pub.dev used to use our email address uh, to show on pub as a verifier, as a as the author of the package. But right now, they seem to have uh, uh, limited that as a limited to limited that we should have a domain in order to. Uh, show ourselves as a verified publisher. So that is the reason uh, I don't have it right now. But you have no name. Is it because your name's come as like an empty string or something? Uh, no, uh, no, that's because, I mean, I don't have a domain right now. I mean, domain name. Okay. Yeah, yes. We need to have a domain name to in order to show us as a verified publisher. Uh, yeah, because I see, yeah, publisher unverified uploader. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> this looks a little bit weird because I wanted to see your other packages, but actually I cannot see because... Usually you can click on publisher and then you can see what else they've done, but I see nothing, right? Unless there's something I'm missing. Right, right. Yeah, that is the reason you cannot see uh, the other packages that I've published, but I've pinned them on my GitHub repository. So so the, the what's the name of the autocomplete one again? Yeah, it's called search field. Okay, search field, one word, right? Yes. Now, we already have the autocomplete one, so why did you decide to create search field? Yeah, uh, so uh, when I was using... Uh, Flutter, uh, I mean, before working on the triage team, I was building mobile apps. So there I found, I mean, there was an issue and there is still an issue open for autocomplete right now. It's called, I mean, it's about the the the, the suggestions being uh, clipped to the edge of the screen. I mean, the suggestions, you cannot have some padding around it. So they are always stick on the right. There's an open issue for that today as well. So uh, then I thought, like, I mean, why not? I mean, just write ourselves uh, a widget to do that. Then I just wrote that custom widget in my project. And then I just thought, like, why not publish it on pub? Because everyone might have this issue. So then, this, then just I just published that as a package. And I am just keeping adding new features and fixing bugs in that. Yeah, why would I want to use this over the existing kind of uh, Flutter widgets that we have right now? Yeah, I mean, just basically, I mean, uh, because it, it provides some simplified API, it also provides most of the customizations what the autocomplete provides. But on top of that, it 
it fixes some of the issues that autocomplete has that I just talked about. Like the suggestions cannot be cannot cannot have some kind of padding, or you cannot customize the text field. And uh, also, I believe the existing autocom existing autocomplete does not always show suggestions uh, at the bottom of the of the of the text field. But right now, this uh, search field it is uh, it is intended to show suggestions to, uh, below or on top of the text field based on the available space. Is there any future plans to add more features to this plugin? Uh, right now, I don't really, uh, but mostly I just keep eye on my uh, repository. I think there have been some feature requests. I intend to uh, address them in the future. Yeah, this is looking pretty cool. Like I, I was just looking at some of the examples you have on your on uh, pub.dev. I like the, you have this one example where it's like these blue blocks that are kind of like up and down, up and down. I think that's really cool looking. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is one more feature. I mean, uh, I think, uh, I mean, you can provide any widget as a suggestion in the list of suggestions. It's not just limited to text, but you can provide anything over there. Yeah, that's really cool. It seems like it's really, really customizable compared to the, the, the existing uh, stuff in Flutter. And I saw one of your examples too. It's like everything's up on top and then like it goes to the bottom when it's smaller. Like it's about like the size of the screen, I guess. Yes, yes. That is the feature I was talking about. It just checks for the available space on the screen and then decides whether to show the suggestions on top or at the bottom. It sounds like an expensive operation to do. Is it actually pretty simple to implement? Because actually I never even thought about how to even do something like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, so what I think is, I mean, um, if I were to start that building that package today and have all the features that it has, it has, then it will be pretty difficult for me. So I've been developing that over a period of time, adding one feature at a time, fixing each bug at a time. So I've been maintaining that for at least a year now. So that is the reason I have all of these features right now. Now, do you ever find it that it's kind of like... Uh... I'm trying to find the right way to say this. Kind of like I think we call that like whack-a-mole, where it's like you add a feature, but then you break something else, and then you you fix that bug, and then you break something else. Yes. Uh, so yeah. So for that, I I just wanted to suggest that. I mean, uh, so initially in the initial stages, I did not use to write tests, tests, and then uh, one of the contributor suggested to add some tests or migrate it to null safety, and then that's where he suggested me to write some widget tests, and that has been helping a lot for me. And that is the reason uh, I haven't been breaking any issue features right now, because uh, now I have made that as a habit. Whenever I'm writing any kind of feature or fixing any bug, I'm definitely publishing a test for that. So that is the reason I've been able to maintain it as of today. Well, I'm so happy that you mentioned that because, like, do you do TDD or you just write the code and then run a test? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just a widget test. I just uh, I just I think the the good practice is to write a test. Ahead before implementing the feature, but uh, I do it the opposite way. I just implement that feature and then write a test associated with that. Yeah, I, I for some reason, like I understand that mindset, but like for me, like I always find it easier to write the test and then do the implementation because it's like, okay, if I want this thing to work, I want this and then this and then this is my expectation, and I, I run it. Mm -hmm. it doesn't work, then I try to make that test pass. Like, I don't know, like I understand how that can be difficult to do at the beginning, but now it's like so ingrained in me that it's like, how do you not do that? Because it's like, you wanna make sure that this thing works how you want it. So if you write the test, then you know it works how you want it because the test proves it, right? Yeah. And like, I seen so many developers, like recently the last couple of days, like I'm talking to a developer right now and 
well, not right at this moment, but like recently about about a feature. And literally, he just keeps trying by hand to test the API. Oh, it's not working. Okay, I had to set it up again. I'm like, dude, just write the automated test. And then like, when you run the test, you don't know if it works or not. Oh, yeah, 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 I, I will. But let me first try. Like, no, you're, you're, you're spending like 10 times as much time if, if you, just because you have to re- set up the what's that called the the scene or the the situation that you're just like just write the test because a test you can set up everything and then it'll tear it down at the end so why why waste your time yeah it saves tons of time writing tests yeah so and also i hear that excuse too oh you know writing a test takes too much time well testing by hand i think takes even more time than it does to yeah automate test exactly and it also helps us to uh, avoid breaking any feature, existing features. And now you become an expert in, uh, what do you call that? Um, writing widget tests, right? Because those are a little bit like, for me, it took me some moment to get into it. Now it's not too bad. Yeah, I mean, uh, not really an expert, but uh, I've been, uh, I've improved a lot over, over the years writing tests. And also I've been trying to contribute to Flutter as well. And the, the toughest part of contributing to Flutter has been for me to write writing tests about it. But there ha- there are always tons of tests written in the Flutter repository, so that that gives me a good idea uh, how how tests are written. So that helps a lot. So I like for your plugins, are you mostly writing unit tests or widget tests, or like do you know like the split of how much testing you're doing? Uh, yeah. So I mean, uh, basically my packages are widgets, so I generally like I I mostly write widget tests itself. So uh, yeah. It's, it's mainly widget tests. Okay, you don't separate the logic out so that way you can test that part and then just kind of widget test to kind of do like the integration testing? Um, no, I don't do that. But uh, I mean, whatever logic it is, uh, we can we can check that in widget tests itself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you definitely can. I guess it depends on what you're testing. Like for me, uh, because a lot of my apps are API based, so it's like it doesn't make sense for me to actually hit real API yeah. all the time something like a smoke test uh but yeah this is this makes sense now i'm curious because it's also mm, how do i say this do you do any uh golden tests or no um no no i haven't tried that but definitely to achieve the exact uh pixel perfect uh ui widget widget ui um, i think we should definitely try golden tests as well no test is enough we have to write as many tests as possible yeah, I'm just curious because you do, I mean, this is, I mean, obviously your widget tests are kind of visual, right? So I was curious if you needed to do any kind of golden tests or not, or if you actually looked at those. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I should definitely try that. It's always about should and never like did, right? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. No, I'm just curious. I've actually never done a golden test in my life. Like I'm always kind of curious about like, maybe I should, or I mean, I, I'm interested and intrigued by them, but I just never had the situation where I was, I was like, okay, I need to do this or something like that, or when it when a golden test would make sense versus like because widget test you can for me it's like okay does this thing show or not rather than does this like you said look picture picture perfect like i'm not making drawing apps or something like that so i don't really know what when would a golden test make sense for for me at least yeah i mean uh it's just i think golden tests are basically just uh it just gets uh some kind of snapshot of your ui and stores it in the golden files and the next time you make a change, you just validate the golden test with the existing tests, if that makes sense. Yeah. That helps us That helps us uh, to break any kind of existing UI. So, okay. So golden tests are really just for pixel perfect UI checking. 
That's what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's what I understand. Yes. I don't understand anything at all. So I just take your word for it for right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I talk to all my clients. I'm sure them say, oh, yes, everything has to be picture perfect. You know, here's the Figma. <laughs> you have to be exactly like the Figma. I mean, I had a, I had a, a very late call with uh, my client in Netherlands last night. I was up quite late. And uh, she was like, oh, uh, on my screen for my computer, because this is a web app. She, oh, on my computer, you know, you know how images, like it's a background image, right? So how wide your screen is, the background image will look different, right? So she's like, oh, well, this is not quite like that. And I'm like, well, that depends on your screen size. So, oh, no, no, no. But this does not match the design I gave you. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> so it's difficult to to manage that kind of expectation. Yeah. Designers have a very high expectations. She's not a designer. She's a marketing person. So she doesn't, I think most designers understand if they've been working with, um, uh, uh, what do you call that? With, with web or even mobile apps, right? Because now you have like iPhone, how many different, like every iPhone now has three different sizes, Yeah, 12, 13, 11, at least three different sizes, right? So you're going to have an idea about what's going on. Yeah. And, and also the designer that worked with, with, uh, is clearly a, um, there's also different kind of designers too, right? So um, the designer that did the, did the design, I think, is also um, because they're they're a, a hardware company. They make smart lights, so it's it's the the design that they gave me was like, okay, this one looks like it belongs on a box because it's not what you'd expect in a website. So, but okay, if that's what you want, it's okay, <laughs> no problem. Um, so, uh, besides those two plugins, do you have any other plugins that you've worked on? No, not really. I mean, I just build, I mean, I, I do build a couple of tools as well in my free time. And, uh, recently, I mean, uh, I mean, I have published a few of the tools such as, uh, there's a beautiful snippet. I mean, which allows you to, have you used carbon? I don't think I've heard of carbon. Yeah. To get a snippet, uh, to get a picture snippet of your code. So I just tried building that in Flutter. Ah, uh, carbon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm familiar with it, but I've never actually used it because, like, yeah, I don't often have snippets I need to share to people. Okay. So whenever I see any kind of such app, my next question is, can we do build that in Flutter? And then I just try. So you've actually worked on something similar to Carbon, where you can actually create pictures from code snippets. Oh yes. Uh, yeah. There's a there's a tool for that I've published. It's called Beautiful Snippet, and it allows you to. Uh, but I mean, it's still in a initial stage because there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Uh, because uh, pay, uh, publishing your code as an image snippet, it's just not that we are just taking a screenshot of that widget. We have to do highlighting of your code. We need to do good formatting. Uh, so that requires some uh, low-level understanding of how uh, how code gen how code generation works or how uh, how uh, syntax highlighting works. So, so that is the reason I haven't able to achieve that feature as of today. Not to mention, you have to you have to also create the image and and everything else, right? There's a lot of setup involved. Yeah. Every time a website looks simple, is always some, uh, what do you call that, hitch or something? Some there's always something that's difficult about any kind of project, right? So, I think there's the hardest part for this one is generating like images that look like what you have, right? Yeah, I mean, generating images is uh, it's not pretty difficult in Flutter. I mean, you can generate image of any widget. That's pretty simple. The the, tough, the toughest part is uh, syntax highlighting and code formatting. This is it. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I have anything else. I think your plugins are really pretty cool. And uh, I think they kind of show that, you know, you can make some 
plugins that just make your life easier, release them, and then people will be using them. And uh, I think the the best, how you say that, the best feedback you can always get if is if somebody complains or files a bug against your plugin, then at least you know it's being used and people actually care about it. Yeah. If they tried it and it's you know quote unquote buggy or not useful for them and didn't reply, then they don't care about it. If they want to complain about it, then that means actually they care to actually draft the yeah. the issue and type everything out and all this kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, that that really helps me when when someone somebody files a bug or files a feature request. Now you're not purposely making buggy code just to kind of generate interest, right? Because you have you have heard of the uh, expression like any news is even bad news is also good news. Have you heard this expression before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I've heard about that. I've heard about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, so I just my my main goal is to uh, to to be able to save time when, because uh, most of the mobile apps have a lot of common features and. We can just have some kind of wrapper around them because in today's world, everybody wants a mobile app that's, I mean, that can be built and published in stores as fast as possible. And the end goal is always to to reduce this time. And so these kind of packages definitely help to save some time. Even I've, I've written some template to, to start a new Flutter project. So next time I'm creating a new Flutter project, I just create it from a template that I have because it helps me save some time. Do you have any more ideas for future plugins that you think you, you want to work on? Well, uh, not really right now, but when I do, I'll definitely let you know on Reddit. Yeah, let, let make sure to at us and uh, let us know. Or uh, you can just uh, ping me or whatever. It's, um, it should be easy to get a hold of, I hope. Yeah. Uh, cool. I mean, is there anything else that you wanted to, the audience to know about you or what you're working on? Or, or maybe you want to let people know so you can triage your, what format you want don't just you know complain and and you know give how to give a real good like uh, bug report to make your life easier. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, I just wanted to say like I mean uh, whenever they uh, file an issue, just make sure you are uh, following the template that has been provided by the Flutter team in the issue itself. So when you file an issue, there's some uh, guideline provided there that you need to provide this info like Flutter doctor, some logs, and a clear description of the issue. I think that's the that's the only thing we need, and that helps us. Uh, to avoid any kind of back and forth between the author and us and helps us uh, triage the issue as fast as possible. Awesome. Is there anything else you want to say before we sign off? No, I think that's all. You sure? There's no no shout outs? No, you're not looking for any more triage people or anything like that? No, I, I mean, nothing right now, I guess. Uh, still, so the other thing I have also I have to ask about is like, uh, I subscribe to a couple of threads on Flutter issues. One of them is uh, hot, uh, what do you call that? In production, hot code reloading. Uh, is <laughs> you see anybody complaining about that and any other issues, or is it just that one thread? I'm I'm not aware about that issue. I think I guess because there are tons of issues and I get tons of notifications, uh, so it's keep it, it's it's pretty hard to keep track of that. Cool. Well, again, thank you for your time. Uh, it's good. I didn't know you were actually triage issues for Flutter, so this is kind of su of a surprise for me. Yeah. Uh, and it's good to to know. And I didn't know that people who triage issues are kind of employed to actually do that. At least some people are. That's pretty interesting. So, do you feel do you feel lucky to 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 be the first line of uh, maybe call? I usually call it first line of defense, but this may, maybe some issues are first line of offense. Because they might be just attacking you. Why is Flutter so bad? Why is it so buggy? Yeah, that keeps happening uh, most of the time. I mean, uh, people are frustrated because they have some red lines to address and something is not working for them. So they definitely get frustrated. 
but uh, since Flutter, Flutter, as always, they say that they work with very limited uh, contributors, and uh, they try their best to to fix the issues as fast as possible. I hope you stay safe, right? Um, I did another podcast with the guy who created Curl. You know, Curl, C U R L, the command line. I don't know who created that, but I know the tool. Yeah, I forgot his name now. Um, I believe he's a German guy. I can't remember where he's from exactly. Um, somewhere in Europe. Um, but he had a somebody, re- well, maybe you could say it's reporting a bug, but basically the guy threatened to kill him because of some bug in his code. Yeah, you laugh, but it's it could be quite serious, right? You don't know what people can do these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with him being so famous, I mean, it, could, it can't be hard to find him, right? So uh, I hope that people aren't threatening you in any kind of physical manner. Yeah, I mean, Flutter team takes this thing very seriously. And there have been such instances where uh, people are pretty rude and something is not according to their will. And then uh, such instances, uh, Flutter team takes that very seriously and then they take action against that. Okay. Yeah, so just a note for everybody at home, when you make an issue, uh, please relax, calm down, understand that you know uh, these are people too explain the issue and the more polite you are the more likely you're going to have a good reaction and uh if people i think i've had a couple of times where people kind of closed my issue and said this is not an issue and closed it and i think on this on your side right you're just trying to close as many things as possible and you're doing your best and at first glance it looks like it could be one of those kind of issues that are just not really an issue but you know if somebody does reply back also on you hey slow down let's really think about it is it really an issue or not because uh, you know it's that's tricky, right? I mean, I'm sure it happened to you before, where it's like you close something or, or say it wasn't an issue, and then upon further investigation, you found out it was something, right? Yeah, there have been such instances many times, and uh, yeah, it's just that I mean we have to realize that we have done a mistake, and it is good that we uh, let the author know that we have done a mistake, and uh, it's not that we we are closing an issue that we, because we have a deadline uh, to triage the issues as fast as possible. Our end goal is to uh, to re- redirect those issues to the concerned team by by applying the correct labels, and most importantly, uh, we definitely ha- should try to avoid any kind of duplicates on that issue to avoid to avoid the noise. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate that you can come on and talk about your packages and also give us some inside scoop about triaging, and uh, and I'm happy that you didn't. Start the gate saying, "Oh, people who make bugs, you know, some of them are so nasties." But uh, you know, nobody ever has a perfect job, right? Unless you're yeah. sitting in your own bubble and uh, doing stuff yourself, which is almost impossible these days. Yeah. Cool. Uh, again, thank you again for for coming on. It's good to to meet you, and I hope to have you again on on the show again soon. Sure, sure. Thank you so much for for this opportunity. Thank you.